into A to Z Sports primetime on a Sunday. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team has you covered at GaryAshton.com. Two Rivers Ford, the best place to buy a vehicle with any number of quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, in kind of, you know, getting ready for the 2022 Titans season, you know, I'm looking at any number of ways that I can get you guys engaged and that I can kind of get myself back up to speed. Now, you know, obviously there's been a lot of things going on and we've been keeping up with Titans news where there is Titans news to be kept up with, but really it's been a pretty dead season. It's been a pretty dead summer, right? Outside of Deshaun Watson, the odd trade here or there, whether it's Baker Mayfield or a contract discussion about the next quarterback to get paid, as we spent some time on last week with Lamar Jackson, there hasn't really been anything eye-popping around Tennessee. So what I've been doing is I've started to watch games back from 2021 started to uh, keep tabs on who I'm going to be taking notes on for the college football season as it relates to the draft process uh, to kind of get a leg up on that during this summer when I got some downtime to do so and to kind of re-familiarize myself with, okay, once we get back up and rolling, who are the people, the places, uh, who are the people, the places, and the things, the position groups that we need to know before this thing gets going in earnest. And to kind of spin things back around to the schedule was where I wanted to start today. To look at some of the opponents, again, playing a first-place schedule as they will have had for the last three seasons, it's not easy, right? Anytime you win your division, you're going to have uh, you're going to have a first-place schedule to go up against. Now, you're going to have a couple of different hurdles that the NFL throws your way, both for the purposes of television product and as far as entertainment value with the way that they've structured things uh, leading leading up into the finale, right? How things kind of start to break down where the divisions are concerned and what kind of divisional opponents are left on the schedule and what kind of conference opponents each team will play. Uh, Chris Frazier says, I've been up to speed. Amani Hooker uh, is the only development that has been had. And really that was a just uh, it, uh, you know, worth noting. I think uh, Justin Mello had that Amani Hooker had begin and had begun initial contract discussions with the Tennessee Titans. Nothing imminent, but that there were at least discussions being had. So it's it's just a matter of somebody picked up the phone and talked to Amani Hooker's agent, or um, the agent was informed that the Titans had called and had begun preliminary contract discussions, which is all that's been had out there in the last six weeks. So now as we get going, I want to take a look at the toughest opponents on the Titans schedule. And I want to start there with your Two Rivers Ford take. Which one game, which do you think will be the toughest game on the Titans schedule in 2022? Uh, Give us your response on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will talk about it together. What do you think will be the toughest game for the Titans in 2022. Uh, We're going to go through and take this thing in chunks as a part of our discussion is concerned. So you pick out the game that you feel, pull up the schedule if you need to, 
In fact, I'll be able to throw it onto the screen for you, for you to kind of get a look at, and we'll get Chris's comment out of the way. But once we get through the preseason, right, we're less than a month away from preseason football for Tennessee and around the league. What do you think will be their toughest game on this schedule looking ahead? So you've got, obviously, the conference opponents, Buffalo, Vegas. You look at Kansas City, Denver, Cincinnati, and uh, and that is it as far as the AFC teams are concerned, non-division. You look at the two games against Indianapolis being done, I mean, hell, even a week before Halloween this year. You look at an early week six bye. You look at Houston uh, on the road in October and then hosting Houston to uh, wrap up the month of December. And then in January, before the postseason begins, you will be at Jacksonville in a kind of change of pace. It's been the last couple of years against the Texans to wrap up the season. But looking at this schedule, there's a lot of there's a lot of pretty interesting games. Not just the games themselves, but who you will play leading up to a certain game, and then which of those is on the uh, on the road, which of those is at home, which of those is prime time, which of those is a short week. Those are all of the things that need to be diagnosed. So we'll go through your answers here in just a second, and I'll give you mine momentarily, right after I tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go because at Two Rivers Ford, while everything else in your life gets harder, buying a vehicle at Two Rivers Ford is still a breeze. They have so many different ways for you to buy a vehicle, whether it's a pre-owned, a certified blue Ford pre-owned Advantage vehicle, whether it's a built-for-you, a 2022 Ford that you, sec- that you select, that you customize and that they deliver right to your door. Two Rivers Ford is always going to go above and beyond to make the buying process simple for you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet since 1983 or online at tworiversford.com. So let's throw this schedule back up on the screen, and let's take a look at how this thing should break down. So you know the opener at home, September 11th, the New York Giants, a nationally, well, I mean, it is a more nationally televised game than if you were to open up at noon, right? You are going to be one of the featured games in the afternoon slate of the week one of uh, the NFL's week one. You've got Monday Night Football, a primetime game straight out the gate. Week two at Buffalo. That's going to pose a pretty interesting challenge. The Vegas Raiders and the Colts uh, coming up, then a trip to Washington before a very early. Week six bye. You'll recall that the Titans did not have their bye last year until week 14, which on this on this schedule would be December 11th, hosting the Jaguars at home. So it is a it's a pretty stark contrast because you are going to be required to be healthy, or you are going to try and have to be as healthy as humanly possible down the stretch this season in ways that you you knew that you had the opportunity to get right late, right? Whether they took advantage of of how many additional breaks they got as the season wore on, because while their schedule was a grind and while they did have a tremendous amount of injury, they did position themselves to be able to take advantage of, okay, a late Thursday night football game in December against the Niners. That's going to buy you a little extra time as you go out, go through the course of the season. You have the week 14 bye, 
after I believe it was the Patriots game, which allows you time to rest and recuperate. You still get the number one overall seed, so you have yet another buy before the postseason actually begins to give yourself additional time to get the bodies healthy. But as you look at this schedule, which individual game pops out as the most difficult for you? Just kind of taking a look at some of the comments here, and I'll, I'll come back to the schedule graphic here in just a second. Kevin Jenkins is selecting two. He's got Buffalo early and San Diego. He means L.A., the Chargers late in the year. That will be a road game in Los Angeles. So again, for the second time uh, in the last two seasons, the Titans will travel west, except this time it is not a Sunday night football game. They will play the Chargers uh, at 325 uh, local time here in Nashville. Um, and so looking at this, Matt Stanley says, primetime Green Bay. I'm not sure we have ever beat Aaron Rodgers. No, they kicked the shit out of Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. That was here in Tennessee. That was Marcus Mariota. That was, I want to say it was 2016, Marcus's second year, Mike Malarkey's first year. Um, I want to say that was the, Mike Malarkey's first year as the, as the full-time head coach. I want to say that that was the 16th season. Green Bay came here. The Packers fans filled out the stadium, um, and it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty impressive performance by that Titans team to handle their business at home in a hostile environment because the Packers fans had completely filled up Nissan, um, from my perspective anyway. Now, so I believe that was 2016 or 2017. I know that was a Marcus Mariota, Mike Malarkey year. Um, I would have to go back and fact check that. So they did beat Aaron Rodgers, but obviously the last impression that Aaron Rodgers left on you at Green Bay late in the season um, was they absolutely smoked you. They they curb stomped them. It was hideous. It was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen them play defensively because they could they got absolutely no pressure. Got absolutely absolutely no pressure um, on the uh, on the Packers offensive line on Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He just diced them up in the snow, right? But that was one of the worst pass rushes we've ever seen, not just on a Titans team, but ever. Like that was Brooks Reed number, wearing number 42, uh, looking at the corpse of Brooks Reed, not the guy that played for the Texans and had a pretty significant career, but like the, the, the shell of Brooks Reed that was found at the bottom of a roster churn because they just needed bodies to rush the passer. Um, Mariota almost had a perfect passer rating against Green Bay. First play was uh, Demarco Murray running for a touchdown. Yes, it was a really, it was a really, really impressive performance. Mark Jones says Tannehill had a long touchdown run in the Green Bay snow game. That's right, he did, and they also got their asses kicked. Um, it was a, uh, it was a difficult spot to be in. Uh, Dwayne Holiday says, "Sir, that is not the situation now, and that is correct. They have a much better pass rush." But again, I would remind you that Green Bay in December, which of course is when they will play Green Bay in December. Allow me to remove this comment so you can see it. Um, and that's the stretch, right? That's the, that's, I think the stretch that everybody's kind of nervous about Kansas city for Sunday night football at Kansas city for Sunday night football, hosting Denver at home. You come back with a, uh, you come back on a short week at the Packers in November, which means that weather will be a factor. Um, it is, I don't know if it will be snowing during the game, but it is likely that there will be snow on the ground in Green Bay, Wisconsin on November the 17th when they play them on a short week. And then of course, an additional, uh, additional rest basically 
until you get to Cincinnati at home and then travel to Philadelphia for theoretically the A.J. Brown uh, revenge game. So we'll see. So you have you come off the bye with two divisional games, three very difficult conference games in Kansas City, Denver, and Cincinnati, and two NFC opponents who are really going to give you a run for your money in the Packers and the Eagles. Um, Dwayne Holiday says no one is scared of KC anymore. Well, that's stupid. Um, that would be that would be completely and utterly dumb. Uh, Kansas City still has Chris Jones last I checked, and still has Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they still have one of the best offensive play callers in the sport. And they still have one of the most vicious home field environments um, that I've ever seen in uh, in all my time traveling to games and and being a part of uh, hostile environments. Well, I don't want to call them hostile because the Kansas City fans were incredibly, they're just lovely people. Um, but also, they're batshit crazy. They're, it's the closest thing to a college, college environment at an NFL stadium, Green Bay and Kansas City for that matter. It's the closest thing that you have to college football in the pros. Uh, just in terms of what the fan base brings, that's the thing, right? It's uh, the Royals. Okay, fine. Um, Kansas City, though, that entire geographical area, they have the Chiefs. And that's really the only thing that pulls the kind of, or that has the kind of momentum with one of the best players. If not at certain points, the best player in the sport, it would be foolish to not, uh, to not, you know, a football team like Mike Vrabel would not say that they are scared of anybody or that they fear anybody, right? But it is it is not necessarily about the fear as it is about respect. You don't want your football team to fear anybody. You, I think it's fine if you fear certain opponents, right? You feared the Colts for many years with Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning ruled over you like a supreme over overlord uh, until he got to the playoffs and Tom Brady beat him, right? Tom Brady did all the meaningful winning, but as it related to getting past the other guy, Peyton Manning held people down, right? Particularly in this division. So you can respect an opponent with not without fearing an opponent. And Kansas City at Arrowhead in prime time with what they still have on the roster deserves respect. Respect at bare minimum. Uh, Mark Jones says Titans are similar to college atmosphere. No, I don't think that's so. Um, but it has got appreciably better. I mean, two, two again, Mark Mark Jones is our, uh, we love Mark Jones because he is our resident, just blind, blatant homer in any way, shape, or form possible. Mark finds, finds the best thing to say, the most unreasonably unrealistic thing to say about his team each and every time, and we love the holy hell out of him for it because somebody needs to be Mark. But um, the, uh, the environment has gotten appreciably better at Nissan Stadium, but a college game, it is not, right? Like, it's not even uh, Monday Night Football against the Bills, rocking, right? Incredible environment. Um, they don't get many night games, so you don't get the opportunity for that to feel like the kind of juice that you would uh, that you would, that you you would would want it to have. And like I said, it's night and day difference from when I first got here, when people just didn't, give it, didn't care, right? Just didn't bother to go. You find something else to do on a Sunday. Why waste time? Schlep into a Titans game, traffic, heat, all these different things exposed to the elements um, in some form or fashion just to watch them kind of peter around in nine and seven and not a lot of excitement. Touchdowns, a scarcity, and then all of a sudden you come in in 2019 and uh, 2020 and they've got, well, for those who were able to 10 games in 2020, but they've got one of the best offenses in sports, right? And they're running the table and Derrick Henry's rushing for 2,000 yards. I, I think the biggest... I think the biggest injustice sports-wise, um, on the field-wise, that people missed out 
on during the pandemic was Derrick Henry's 2,000-yard rushing season. Like, for there not to be fans in the stands for that, I think that's the closest it would have been to a college environment if people had gotten to witness that in in, in person um, in the way that we all did, that just because of by nature of of getting to do the job that we get to do. But, man... Was it uh, was it in a different environment? And and it has I think in 2021 you saw that rebound because people were rebound because people were excited to go back and see it. Uh, Tannehill ended Brady in New England. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Uh, by the way, the Patriots. Um, and no, it wasn't Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill played well enough to win that game certainly. Uh, but Logan Ryan ended Brady in New England. Let's not um, let's not be crazy. So I think that uh, I think that for all of the I think that for all of the different things that you look at, the the thing that kind of pops into my head as I look at this schedule, it's probably I mean the whole stretch like week nine through what is that week let's say week thirteen because Philly's Philly's an interesting game I I'm curious to know what the Eagles look like in 2021 because Nick Sirianni is supposed is regarded well as an offensive coach and they did find ways to win with Jalen Hurts they made the playoffs last year so that can't be discounted um and they've only gotten better personnel so I assume it's going to be a a competent football team but I would say probably in the middle of all of that the Denver game is the one that's most likely to sneak up on them I think that the Denver game uh between Kansas City and Green Bay on a short week I feel like the Broncos game presents the opportunity to lose a conference game that you don't want to lose against an opponent that's going to be fighting for their lives in the AFC West anyway. How was the first day? This thing's nice and loud. He can hear me good. Good first day? Yeah, great first day just to be out here with the guys and all the work we've been putting in, uh, you know, in California, all the work we've been putting here and here since we've gotten here. It's been unbelievable. You know, just the extra time we've been putting in one-on-one when we can. And guys look really sharp. It was an excellent day. Uh, defense looked great. Offense looked great. Um, you know, I didn't get to see too much special teams, but I'm sure they did good too. Um, but it was just uh, the locker room and everything. Every guy, every guy's excited to go play ball and go do our thing. So that is uh, Russell Wilson uh, talking about his new team, his new home, the Denver Broncos. And I think that, you know, between him and Mahomes and Rodgers and Burrow uh, on that stretch, that is a, that's a difficult situation to navigate. And then, of course, the, the emotions that will obviously come if AJ plays in the Philadelphia game in Philadelphia. Um, but between the, between the Chiefs and the Broncos, I would say those two games are the two that I'm looking at. Green Bay is going to be difficult, but Green Bay is an NFC team. It matters less to me. It matters for the purposes of tiebreakers. Um, so it can't be completely thrown out, but I would, I would look at that and say, yeah, I'm far more concerned about the AFC opponents first before I worry about a game with major stakes on prime time, like Titans Packers on Thursday night football. Hey, Patrick. Um, it, it certainly looks like you're coming back to a little bit of a different world. Uh, Tyreek's gone. Uh, Pringle's gone. Demarcus Robinson's gone. Mike Kafka's gone. I know you got some new receivers coming in. Uh, Matt Nagy's back. I'm just wondering what all this means to you and particularly not having Tyreek anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely going to be different in a sense, but uh, I I feel like we still have a strong foundation of guys that have been here um, over the last few years. And then with coach Reed, coach B and then having a guy like coach Nagy back. I mean, uh, it's someone that I've I've worked with before. So I have that commonality. Um, And then uh, as far as on the field, we are bringing in a lot of different receivers um, but we still have guys like Trav and stuff like that that can kind of teach the ways that we do things, how we practice, everything like that. And McCole can do that as well. 
Um, and then um, we'll have to find production in different ways than we did the last year because Tyreek was such a, a big part of our offense. Um, but I, I think you've seen in games that we haven't had Tyreek or we haven't had certain people, other guys have stepped up and made plays happen, and I expect that to happen this year as well. So that's Patrick Mahomes speaking with the media. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be fun. Those games are gonna be fun. Um, those games are going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Dan, you're coming from KC, says Bryce Erickson. I mean, I think last year. Listen, Bryce, I think if I think if you're being optimistic, last year was the down year for Kansas City, right? The way that they got started, they came in here, lost to the Titans. Think think about how shitty the Titans' offensive season was, and they still came. They still beat Kansas City twenty-seven to three because Kansas City was a complete and total wreck, and then they figured it out, and they still made it farther in the playoffs than the Titans did, right? So, I mean, I think last year is going to look more closer to what a Kansas City down year, kind of like Clemson, right, for college football fans. Clemson had a down year. Their, their quarterback had problems. The quarterback was inaccurate, and they still won 10 games. So I think that's kind of the, scan, the, standard, that, uh, the standard that you should look at for the Chiefs, and while also acknowledging, yeah, they're a tough opponent, but the Titans have fared very, very well against them. Um, and it is, they absolutely belong in those games in ways that most people would look at them and say, yeah, they have no business competing with the chiefs, much less beating them on a regular basis. They haven't beat them in the most important game, which was the AFC title game. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, you have to, you have to acknowledge that, but the Titans and chiefs always play entertaining games. Um, certainly hope, well, hopefully this one on Sunday night football, if I'm going to schlep the KC, then I hope the game is at least fun to watch. Uh, if I love, I love going there. Kansas City, Kansas City is not a fun place to go otherwise, other than for a sporting event. Now, the last time I was in Kansas City was the AFC title game, um, and that was the coldest I've ever been in my life, and it was a much different experience. But I think for I think for Sunday night football. Earlier in the season, I think I'm going to – I'm I'm really looking forward to go back because the Chiefs fans always bring it. And uh, if you're going to play in hostile environments, those are the kind of hostile environments that you want to play in, the fun ones. Um, Mark is right in the sense that we can't keep making excuses for results. However, it is a, a new year. No one knows. Uh, and, and I think those things are fair, right? Like like I said, the two, both things can be so. The Titans can have played the Chiefs more competitively than damn near any other organization. The Raiders and the Chiefs with Mahomes and Carr have had pretty, uh, they've had pretty entertaining games, right? Like the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in a regular season game. There's some kind of absurd stat about how bad the Broncos have been since Andy Reid has been in Kansas City, um, kind of in that division. So the Raiders have, I think, given the Chiefs more problems than anybody else in that division at given at given points but as far as AC, AFC opponents are concerned the Bills and the Titans have played the Chiefs well uh since Mahomes has been in that spot Danny Sutherland says I don't think the Chiefs have fixed their offensive line like Cincinnati I think our front four is great but they won't get him nine times I I, I mean they the Chief the Chiefs figured out their offensive they basically they didn't change how they played they just played more to their personnel strengths like I think you saw Kansas City kind of figure it out halfway through the season and start to play much higher level football. By the way, their defense was markedly better. Their defense was better and they started playing in a way that was going to help Mahomes stay more upright, but also play more disciplined football from the quarterback position. Um, 
Cincinnati did pay some guys to come in, and there's no question that they're going to be better because it would be damn near impossible to be worse than the Bengals have been in front of Joe Burrow, uh, really in the last two seasons, right? That was the whole Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase. They made the right call with Jamar Chase, but now you got to find the offensive lineman to keep Burrow from getting decapitated. All right, let's uh, do the easiest game on the Titans schedule. Who do you believe that to be as you look at these opponents? I'll throw that back up on the screen for you, just for you to be able to survey again, which game do you believe is going to be the best opportunity that the Titans have to get a win? Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, the Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed at GaryAshton.com. They are the place that you go. They're the place that the Preds go. They're the place that the Titans have gone. They're the place that Middle Tennesseans trust to get the Intel edge on their next real estate investment or in the process of selling their home. GaryAshton.com with the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Do like the pros do. Trust the Ashton team. So, as we look at the schedule, which game to you feels the easiest? Now, um, we've talked about the difficult ones, right? I mean, really, all the AFC games are tough, with the exception of I, it's fair to expect that they will at least split the series with Houston and Jacksonville. Um, but looking at the Giants to open the year, the Washington game is going to be suspect, although Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz gave you a fight. He lost game. He lost both of those games against you, but he gave you a fight. And that defense is not outright, or, well, you know, that's not true. The defense was terrible. I think that's the surprising thing about Washington is they have a lot of fun front four, front seven players, but they were kind of they were kind of trash on defense last year. They certainly weren't nearly as effective as we all expected them to be, which is, you know, this is the difficult thing about projecting this year's results based, or rather this year's uh, schedules based on last year's results. But Washington is a historically losing franchise, and it's safe to say that while they probably did get better at quarterback, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to overwhelm you at any point. I think that, man, it's, it's really picking from the best of bad options here because even, even Houston at home, even Jacksonville at home, I think those games are going to be tough. I think Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence are going to give you a lot more run for your money this season than they did in their rookie seasons. So for me, it's probably going to be week one. Honestly, I think the easiest, the, the best opportunity for the Titans to get a win as cliche as it might be, might be against the Giants. I think that the Giants, before they kind of get in rhythm and as they work with the new coaching staff and Daniel Jones and all these different things, I think that the Giants is probably the best opportunity that they have to get a a win over a team that they are absolutely superior to. um, um, When you guys get a break after this minicamp, right, will you feel compelled to do more because it's a new offense as compared to like last year where it was your second year in an offense or you just kind of like put it away and you'll take care of it in training camp? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the learning continues. You know, I'll continue to, to study and, and um, you know, continue to work on, on what we've started here. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I don't think you can afford to, to put it down and just come back during camp. I think, you know, everyone will be working, um, you know, to make sure we're in a good spot and, and we're coming back to camp ready to go. Is there more though, because it's a new offense that, you know, you're, you're, you feel like, oh, I need to do even more here because I'm behind. Yeah, I think, I think probably so. I think there's more, certainly more, <clears throat> um, you know, studying and, and um, you know, there's more kind of playbook specific work rather than just kind of fundamental, uh, you know, throwing and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think there is, there's more of that. New head coach, Brian Dayball, good, good offensive play caller, but we'll see how he does as a head coach. So new coaching staff, quarterback who's embattled at best, I think in Daniel Jones, I heard, um, I, I saw some, I saw people tweeting about something that I think David Carr, the brother of Derek Carr, Dave, David Carr, who was former first overall pick at quarterback for the Texans and now is an NFL Network commentator. I believe he said this weekend on NFL Network's programming, um, or at least I saw tweets about this, that Jimmy Garoppolo, or at least the Giants were going to kind of kick the tires on Jimmy G. Um, I did not see that clip for myself, but I saw people in the NFL media world discussing it online, I think yesterday. So that would be that would be interesting if there was a move to be made and all of a sudden the Titans are facing Jimmy Garoppolo in week one versus Daniel Jones. But it would be difficult for me to imagine a situation where they waited this long to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in. Now, I, I don't know what the coaching evaluation in New York has been, of Daniel Jones. And if it's not been sufficient enough through mandatory minicamp and things of that nature that they're saying, all right, we got to go get a veteran. We got to go get somebody that can give us the best chance to play. Um, and maybe that's Jimmy, but that's asking a lot of Jimmy and of the giants to put themselves in a position to kind of roll the dice and say, okay, you know, with a month, I mean, a month and a half to go, um, a month and a half to go before the season. Yeah, let's go ahead and go out there and trade assets for Jimmy Garoppolo because if we can't come in and fix the quarterback that they're paying us to fix, I don't think that the ownership is going to receive kindly. All right, let's go spend more money because Jimmy costs money. Let's go spend more money to go and give up assets to go get Jimmy G. So I bet Daniel Jones is the week one starter for New York. J Jason Jacobs on Facebook Live says, are you genuinely excited about training camp? Um, <laughs> that's a good question, Jason. Um, I am excited about football. I cannot say that I am outright excited about training camp because training camp is different for me than it is for you. Uh, training camp is, there's going to be apparently some opportunities for you guys to come to training camp this year. It's going to be great. I'm going to be doing my radio show every day at training camp for the next two months. Uh, basically until the season starts. So I'm going to be out there uh, as long. I mean, it's I, I there's no way for me to not sound like a jerk for complaining about things to do with a really good, cool job. But I'm not overwhelmingly enthused with the idea. Uh, I'm not overwhelmingly enthused with the idea of sitting out there for three hours doing the radio show. If it's going to be 110 in uh, July and <laughs> July and, and uh, August in Middle Tennessee. That part I'm not crazy about, but yeah, you know, it's another football season. That's 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 our time, baby. 
that's uh, that's when the money is made. And I like money, and I like football. So we'll uh, we'll we'll have a great time during football season for sure. And I'll have great interviews. Um, I'm going to have Titans players every day on the radio show. We'll have clips uh, of that to bring back for the primetime show. Uh, you know, we'll be on the road for primetime again, right? You guys are going with me to Baltimore. You guys are going with me to Kansas City. You guys are going with me to Green Bay. You're going with me to Los Angeles because uh, I travel all the games, uh, courtesy of the uh, of the radio station and as a part of my job capacity there. So you guys get to travel all over the country with me, go see all the different stadiums, which we're fired up to do again with you guys. So yeah, it's uh, it's always a great time. Jason says, but you'll have more to talk about at least. Hey, I can talk about position battles anytime, right? Training camp doesn't get, training camp doesn't change that much. Like, yeah, there will be more people to talk to about things that are relevant, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind summer. I don't mind like primetime's different, right? And again, this is inside stuff. Uh, Mark says, get Taylor Luana. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, I, Taylor, Taylor is, uh, Taylor always refuses to, Taylor always refuses to do the radio show when I formally request an interview, but he will call me on while I'm on the air while he's driving around in his car listening to the radio show. Like he'll call in on a line just randomly, which is almost a better way to do it. I would almost rather Taylor do the radio show that way than do it, you know, where we schedule it or whatever. Um, but yeah, Lawan will have some part to play in all of this. Uh, I want to come watch a show, says Lewis. Want to come watch a radio show? I mean, you can do that if you're going to training camp, Lewis. Um, right? Well, so here's what I understand about, and then we'll move on to this as a free site. Here's what I understand about training camp. Um, they have, uh, they have a situation in which season ticket holders, which I'm sure is not news to any of you guys, because we had a bunch of season ticket holders tweet me while I was on the air the other day. Apparently, if you're a season ticket holder for the Titans, you got sent an email about an application process for training camp attendance. Like, apparently, you get first crack at these things. So it seems like you're going to have, um, it seems like you're going to have the opportunity for, like, days for season ticket holders to come out. And then there is expected to be days for people who do not have season tickets to come out. But apparently there are uh, capacity limit limitations that the Titans are imposing. So it's not like everybody can just show up and sit in the bleachers. Because the, the place, for those of you who have gone to training camp before, like those bleachers don't exist anymore. That space where the bleachers were doesn't exist anymore. That's the whole new wing of the practice facility. That's the whole reason they, didn't, they haven't had it. Um, they haven't had more people in the last couple of years because they've been this godforsaken practice facility has been under construction since the 2019 AFC title game. I'm convinced. Um, and last I checked, it's still not done. Like, I don't think it's done yet. So now I haven't been there. I haven't been physically at the facility in six weeks. So I would hope that this thing would be at least closer than last I left. I would assume that is the case, but, uh, yeah, it, the, the, there were, there's just less space for them to be able to invite people to come out. So it's not just going to be wide open for everybody anymore. Apparently there's some kind of, um, process that you have to go through to be able to attend training camp this year. But if you do make it to training camp, uh, I'm going to be out there doing the radio show every day. So uh, I have a tent that they set up right next to where Mike Vrabel does his press conferences. Um, the NFL Network typically has a tent, and then my tent will be right next to it with uh, because the zone is the Titans, uh, what do you call it? 
radio flagship, like the main home for Titans radio, um, I think is, uh, is, is what flagship means. So yeah, uh, the zone gets, the zone gets dibs on things like training camp and me being able to do my show live from there every day. And I'll be walking around with my headset on. Cause I got like, I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a, uh, mic pack that allows me to walk around so I don't have to sit and do the radio show like while so I can basically be on the sidelines talking about what I'm seeing on the field um and and you know not at the radio setup where Kirby Allen Kirby is smoking cider, cigarettes and drinking Pepsi all right that is going to no wait we have free site sorry I've been rambling let's do this is a free site the best thing that I saw on the internet this week uh this is a uh this is a two funny clips, short clips, but both funny. Who had a better weekend, AJ Dillon or Dabo Sweeney? We can talk about this together in the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. Who had a better weekend, AJ Dillon or Dabo? And if you haven't seen either of these videos, you will see them here shortly, right after. I remind you, kids, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are three days away from the Split Happens Bowling Bash at Brooklyn Bowl, Nashville. We had 75 tickets to sell when last I spoke to our promotions director. We had sold 60 of 75 tickets. One, you guys are badasses. All of you who have already purchased tickets to this event that's coming up this Wednesday. You can see my very emphatic arm off the side this Wednesday coming up at Brooklyn Bowl. If you purchase a ticket, you get three hours of bowling. You get the opportunity to hang out with myself, Austin, Zach, Ramon Foster, Coach Mack of Titans Radio, Darren Bates, so many other of our friends from the radio show who are going to be hanging out and chopping it up with us. You get three hours of bowling. You get free food. You get free drinks. You get the uh, you get a raffle ticket with the opportunity to win great prizes. A lot of cool concert tickets I hear that we have to give away as a part of the raffle. The proceeds of your ticket purchase go to charity. They go to the church at Mount Carmel, their free youth summer camp program that is entirely donation-based. It's a a, uh, operation that works just around the corner from me here in downtown Nashville, keeping kids out of trouble and giving them productive, safe, healthy environments to be able to enjoy their summer and for free. So 1045thezone.com is where you go to purchase tickets. And I hope to see 15 more of you. We got 60 of our closest friends. We got a bunch of our show friends coming. We're going to be hanging out there with you. I hope to see 15 more of you. Let's sell this bad boy out for a good cause. Um, And again, you guys have absolutely kicked ass on this thing. And I could not be more grateful uh, to all of you, first and foremost, but especially to those of you who have bought tickets. And if you need an extra, you know, an extra kind of, uh, nudge as to why you should buy the ticket. It's a tax deduction um, because it goes to a charitable cause. So, very good. Who had a better weekend? AJ Dillon or Dabo? Let's watch this video together. Let's watch both these videos together and then we can decide who did. So, this is Dabo. He's doing the gritty. They're raising money for a, uh, I believe, women's cancer charity at Clemson over the weekend. <laughs> and that is A.J. Dillon absolutely truck-sticking a minor league baseball mascot. Again, I would like to see that. I believe the mascot is the Kingfish. The Kingfish didn't know what was coming to Kingfish. I didn't know what to do with Dabo doing a gritty, but Dabo's doing a gritty. And then all of a sudden, there's A.J. Dillon. 
It was fast. It was quick. It was in a hurry. The Kingfish never stood a chance. I think, I think that AJ Dillon had the better weekend, but Dabo raising money for a good cause, which we can all appreciate. Uh, Bryce Erickson says, I saw what AJ Dillon did to that poor mascot, but I didn't see Dabo. Yeah. Dabo's just out there. Pink suit, uh, doing a gritty, chopping it up, raising money for a good cause. Uh, upset stomach Dabo. Oh, like Pepto-Bismol. Pepto-Bismol Dabo. Is that what we're doing here? It's a terrible joke by you, Steven, but I appreciate it. Hold on. Uh, Keon Maxwell just screaming at the end of the show. We need to put more into our offensive line and another vet wide receiver. Hashtag tighten up. Yeah, neither of those things are happening um, before training camp. So all the all caps, not necessarily going to get you anywhere. But I hope uh, I hope that they do something for you that makes you happy, that quells this clear and obvious angst that you have at the end of the show. But we have a whole week before training camp starts. Uh, well, in more than a week, a week from Tuesday, we all report. Um, coaches coaches have already started to fit. Coaches and like John and his scouting staff and people like that, they're already in the building. Quarterbacks and rookies and undrafteds come back, I believe, Friday. They come back Friday to the building, and then everybody – Media, veterans, everybody, everybody is back on Tuesday, the 26th. Going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing another football season with you guys. Radio show tomorrow, 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. Make sure you're there. We are going to get you ready for SEC Media Days. There'll be some Titans talk as well, but Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, is going to speak. We're going to have Dan Lust to talk talk about the latest on Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a great time. We want you guys as a part of it. Chris Childers is going to be there. We're going to hear from some of the new SEC coaches like Brian Kelly. College football, SEC Media Days is the first really tent pole event for the football season being on the horizon. And we are going to have a great time talking about it with you from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. And if I don't see you tomorrow on the radio, I will catch you Tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Time or thereabouts on A to Z Sports Primetime. See you guys.